Where is Mama? Is she here with us? Can you show me Mama? She won't come here. Why not? Because she knows we're watching. They thought they made a horror show. Stir the curse be down below. What they had built it began to feel. One hundred forever now they must spin the wheel. This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast, where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload. Wilter? Is that you? Who are you talking to? Mom, it's just me. Just trying to introduce the show. Tonight, Spin 23, Mama. 2013's Mama, Guillermo del Toro presents Mama. Not directed by Del Toro, not written by Del Toro, produced by, written and directed by the Muschietti siblings. Is that how you say that? Does anybody else recognize these two? Nope. They're like the uh, the Wachowskis. <laughs> of horror? No, they're a brother and sister pair. They filmed, they wrote and filmed a short, a real short short, I'd say like maybe three minutes long, called Mama. Del Toro saw it, loved it, turned it into a full feature film in 2013. PG-13, 100 minutes long. Uh, how many of us are here tonight? Uh, five, I believe. I'm present. Five five people tonight for Mama. Uh, myself, of course, Daniel Carver, your horror-loving host. My horror-hating cousin, Nathan, is that you over there? That's me, and I have a question. What's your question, Nathan? <laughs> just can't even I'll, wait to introduce I'll wait. everyone. I'll wait until after the introduction. Uh, with us, Andrew the intern. Hello. Lovely Amanda. Hello. And back by popular demand, Brian the Canadian. Well, hello there. <laughs> that voice is like velvet. <laughs> Dulcet like tones. Velvet fog. What's and your question, like Nathan? Question. <laughs> I can't wait. When you say that they're like the Wachowskis and they're a brother and sister combo. Did the sister used to be a man? Amazingly, yes. Shut your fucking no, face. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My oh. mind was blown for half a second. That just oh, about shit. made this movie way better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm good. It's all disappointment down here was, in Canada. That was my question. <clears throat> all disappointment in Canada. I don't like the sound of that. Well, um, would it be better if the... You know, the boy, the boy sisterhood used to be all one boy or girl. Are you like a, a homogenous gender pair? Yeah. Andrew, you don't mm -hmm. like, you don't like the mixing it up. You don't like the genders mixing it up. Well, well, if your last if name, artificial. if your last name ends in a vowel, there better have been some sort of transgender swap. If you're a brother combo, <laughs> right? Otherwise you, the integrity, you know, the, the love, <laughs> it's just not there. I thought it was based on syllables like Wachowski, Mushetti. Mushetti. Maybe that's something to do with it. No, yeah. probably not. Mushetti. Well, similarities here, but they're not the same. We've just learned that. I have learned something finally. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well, it seems that everyone, the general public at large, is about 50 50 on this movie. It's 6.2 on IMDb, 
65% critics on Rotten Tomato, 55% audience. The meta, the meta score is 57. It's about 50-50 on this movie. I'm getting the notion that you guys are falling on one side of the 50, and I'm falling maybe on a different side of that 50? Well, we've already looked at your letterbox review. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we went into this kind of knowing how Daniel, the horror-loving host, feels about Mama. So uh, maybe we should ask you, Daniel, to express to the audience what you feel about Mama. Oh, we'll go all through how I feel about Mama. <laughs> Gotta get all Cul- up in that bitch. Culminating in a beautiful soliloquy um, of my summation of the film at the very end of the podcast. Uh, for, actually for, be a soliloquy. For now, though, we will lean on that I am positive on Mama, but do recognize many, many faults. Um, where are you guys exactly? Are we talking? We're not talking an all zero cast, are we? Well, I could give you my rundown if you want. I don't know about you, Nathan, but I was raised to let the lady go first. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just, Brian keeps winning me over with everything that he says. It's all an act. I know. Um, Here like comes Velvet Steel. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to get specific. Are we going positive, negative, or are you flatlining on this? I'm positive on this movie. Okay, positive on this movie. Canadians? Um, Mr. Steel. I go first? All right. I actually went to go to the theater to see it because I was really excited about it because, you know, Guillermo del Toro was uh, involved, Jessica Justin, you know, good cast. And I don't want to go into specifics, but I was kind of left a slightly disappointed. Overall, the quality was good, but uh, I thought it was just kind of okay for me. Okay. In turn. Oh, there was, um, there was one really great moment in this movie. Just that, one. Okay. That's, that's, that's it. That's it? <laughs> There might have been a couple other moments that were good, but there was one really great moment. Okay, so there's something to be salvaged. Nathan? Um, I will I will tell you in my opening diatribe. All right. Well, you're going to give us your thoughts a little bit on the movie. You might as well also tell us um, what it's about. Let's step inside your little bar, Nathan. Tell us what it's about. Well, Mama. Mama. We open to a confusing and disjointed twin brother reveal that was not necessary to the story, and it previews a level of competence interlaced with tropes which builds to a pumpkin head-esque reveal of a limited CGI deliverance of the Mama character. I feel like although Guillermo del Toro presented this, Um, He was probably too busy to audit it. And I'm convinced he made Crimson Peak to silence any criticism of his association to Mama. Cinematic elements are there. The lighting, direction, writing, and acting are all at a competent level. Like a professional athlete that finds out two weeks before the event they're suffering from a degenerative disorder and it eats away at the preparation and training until it leaves them struggling to make it across the finish line. Mama is out of focus as a plus one that is crawling and reaching with lame CGI'd bony fingers towards a zero. (sighs) (laughs) Always gotta start us off on a low note, hey Nathan? (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. Uh, would it some powerful stuff? Would it affect anyone here to know that other than the hair and the dress, almost all of the actual mama is physical effect? What? That's a person. That is a real person in real makeup, and the only thing that is computer graphic is the hair and the dress. Wow. It looks like the guy from the Frighteners, except not as good. It is an actual actor, uh, Javier Bote, who has Marfan syndrome, is six foot eight and has extremely long limbs and fingers. He was in the Revenant, Oops. yes? He's in the Revenant. Was he in the in record, like Wreck? Yes, Is he's it? in Wreck, and he's also in the American remake Quarantine. Uh what? Yeah. All, all right. I have a few, I need to take a few seconds to process this. Yeah. <laughs> Put that okay, in your life. That's 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 fine, Daniel, but he doesn't he doesn't look real. He looks CGI. It looks digital. It looks fake. That uh, that's actually a thing that I I was talking to Amanda about earlier as well is that he is such a great looking physical actor that it's a shame that they kind of polished it up too much because it does come across as looking all CG when it's not. And it's a shame because we watched some of the behind the scenes makeup and it was really creepy. The the makeup, the art, I mean, it was beautiful what they did to him. But yeah, they especially at the end, the, the end scenes are the worst. I think some of the earlier pieces in the film are a little bit more uh, realistic and genuine and, and are creepy. Yeah. Um, Actually seeing him act in that like blank room before they put all the background and everything in, mm-hmm. that's actually comes across better and scarier than the, yeah. you know, polished result. First half of the movie is on track and then it kind of okay. gets diluted with its too complicated backstory, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about oops. the rest of the people that are in here. Jizz, Jizzstain? Yep. <laughs> what, what'd you say? <laughs> That's right. It takes a moment to think about it. Jessica Chastain. Brian who, dropped that when he walked in tonight. Jizzstain. Yeah. He said, oh, Mama, starring Jessica Chizstain. I'm like, what? That's, a, that's not a slight against her or, or I like Jessica Chastain. Abilities. Uh, yeah, maybe I got a Jizzstain because of how awesome she is. That's how excited <laughs> I get about her, okay? It's actually, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird to me because she's... You know, she's in Zero Dark Thirty. She's in. She is a good actress, but to me, in this movie in particular, she's the worst part of it. You thought she was the weakest link? Yes. But she's a bass player. She plays in a fucking rock band. Rock band. The worst haircut of all time. I like her hair. Oh, man. We figured figured there'd be some negativity from Daniel on on Chastain for sure, just because of the haircut. Oh, because she has short hair? Yeah, short haircut. I'm like, oh, Daniel's out. <laughs> she pulled off the color, I thought, really well. The cut, eh. Because yeah. it's, it's a wig, obviously. She's still got her long, lovely red hair under there somehow. Oh, you can see it. It's like kind of poofing the whole wig up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't see how you could say that she was the weakest part. Uh, she did fine. She did okay. No, I, did, I didn't buy her as rocker girl for a second. Oh, okay. Uh, but how she many rocker girls do you know? I don't know. She's like going for like a kind of a Joan Jet kind of thing, and I just, I was out. Instantly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna challenge you on this one, Daniel, because I think the haircut is like a psychological switch in your mind, <laughs> and it just doesn't matter. The, you'll, you'll paint it as acting or as the rocker girl, but really it's the haircut that just turned you off She's immediately. She's biased already. She's just Made not one mind. of those great hair actors like... Um, I do... Like I Renner? Do, I, yeah. <laughs> or the big short. You know who would have been great in this role? Who? Emma Watson. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. She would have been a little young, don't you think? Yeah, we're just giving Daniel a hard time. No, no, (laughs) no, no. The actress that plays uh, the younger sister in League of Their Own, Gina Davis's younger sister. Lori Petty. There you go. Wow. Top notch. She would have been better in this role. I agree. (laughs) What about, uh, is it, Nathan, is it Nikolaj or Nikolai? But what if she had that point break haircut? Could you have dealt with it? (sighs) That Lori Petty point break haircut. (laughs) That tank girl attitude. Yeah, I'm thinking tank girl. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one for me, tank girl. (laughs) Nikolai Kosterwienis, Wiener, what have you? Waldau. Waldau. Right? So it is Nikolai. It's way off. Even though it's a J. He's Danish, right? He's from Denmark. He's Danish. He's a Dane. And he's been in some like highly acclaimed Denmark movies. He's in some highly acclaimed Denmark TV show. Yeah, but we know him from Game of Thrones. Jamie Lannister. Mr. Lannister. Yes. And I love that Nathan brought this up in his opening because this is one of the first things I wrote down in my notes. It's like, why did they have to be twins? Yes. Clearly, we just didn't want to hire another actor to be the dad. So we're just going to let him be twins. I think it was a budgetary decision. It seemed lazy. Right. (laughs) It was, yeah. They they probably had another actor to play the brother, and that actor dropped out. And so they just turned Nikolai into twins. He plays Lucas and Jeffrey. Very strange. Um, that just leaves the little girls and the doctor. And who did the doctor remind you of? Dr. Dreyfus? Uh, the guy, Monk. What's his name? Tony. Oh, sh- <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a poor man's Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. yeah, I was like, he's a knockoff. That's what he is. Totally right. He should have had. I an can't accent, get like the Men in Black stuff out of my head. <laughs> I felt really bad because I kind of revealed that they were twins ahead of the movie because, like I said, I already saw it in the theater, and these kids were like, "What? Why? Who?" And I let the cat out of the bag. I'm afraid. Yep. Yeah, um, you're the reason we don't like this movie. <laughs> that's, 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 that's usually what happens when I watch a movie with someone. They're like, you know what? I, just because you're here, I hate this movie immediately. Yeah. You ruined it for them. <laughs> well, he kept telling us, throughout because we were bantering throughout watching it, and, and uh, Brian kept telling us, you guys just missed a really important thing. He was our, our monitor. He, he caught us and told us to rewind it, so we made sure that we digested this movie. In, very thoroughly, in full, so that we did not threaten the integrity of the podcast. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> welcome. I was make sure that they cut all the important parts, so that when we were here, that we'd be on the, you know, bring our A game. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to keep them on track. There's the the amount of times that I shock them with something that is. <laughs> they have the attention span of a couple of gnats. Have you actually ever shocked me? I don't think that's happened. Yeah. Did, would have you guys have known at all what the killer in Black Christmas was calling about if I hadn't have told you? You couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's not us paying attention. That's like poor audio. Uh, to be fair, I am like huddled over a keyboard with headphones and a mixer listening to these phone calls over and over and over again. Repeat over and over again. You're like, I didn't get it. Uh, uh, there it is. Uh, let me isolate the sound. Yeah. Um, no. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The only weird thing about the little girls is that the youngest one, the one that plays Lily, in the same year as Mama, she was also in a movie called Mommy. And that about rounds out her IMDb. So well, she's, she's like, still extremely young. Let me I just mean, get a couple of Mommy movies in, and then I'm good. That's all she deserves. She's got Mommy issues. <laughs> 
That's not true. She's in The Strain. Yeah, she's in The Strain. She's got a few movies coming out called The Tale and Wait Till Helen Comes. Yeah, they're all... Is that a porn? What if it sounds like a porno. Yeah, that would be child porno. Brian? Yes? On no. IMDb, child porn. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> they're not even hiding it anymore. They're not even making effort to keep it. The internet is rampant with this. So let's just let it go. <laughs> I, I want to tell you, Brian, something that... Um, as a result of this podcast, I will be referring to you as Velvet Steel. Oh yeah, uh, moving forward. <laughs> All right, I can I can get on board with that. Okay, can you <laughs> dig it? I can dig it. <laughs> Jesus, yo diggity! All right, that's all I have to uh, say about can that. Just, can I just throw out something quick? Yeah, go ahead. Came across this article that I was saving for this podcast. Mama sequel lands new writers and directors. Did you know that there's a Mama sequel? We discussed what a Mama sequel could even be because this movie, to be fair, ends in a way that most horror movies don't end, which is not really planning for another one. Well, can't Mama come back for Victoria? Like, can't she she come back for the other kid? I mean, it's almost the same ending as The Grudge. You thought The Grudge resolved itself. I mean, not The Grudge, um, The Ring. Mm -hmm. But then they just revive it in some other weird way. Right. Even when a horror movie gives you a resolution, they... They don't care. Right. Be usually in this kind of movie, uh, they would go kind of fade out to a fake ending and then come back like one year later and they're on track and their family's on track and she's like dropped her band and she's being a mommy character now. She's got blonde hair and it's long. And then suddenly like a fucked up butterfly lands on her when she's gardening and then credits. <laughs> but <clears throat> this movie doesn't do that. But we did discuss what a sequel could possibly be. Nathan, you bring up or you guys bring up the idea of her coming back for the other daughter. We didn't even think of that one actually. Mm-hmm. We thought of the youngest girl coming back to haunt and the movie being called Sister. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that that would make more sense. I just thought that the ghost and I don't know if I should be going here yet, but I thought that the ghost was a little bit too indecisive about what would put itself to rest or unbend its emotion. Yeah, that's fair. You know, like, uh, it's okay. I'm I'm about to be okay with this, with this dead skeletal child in my arms. No, not good enough. I want one of these kids. <laughs> no, I want both of them. Okay, I'm good with one. Like, I don't know. Like, what what's good enough? And just because you turned into a bunch of moths doesn't mean you're gone. So, I don't know. So there's room. If you're creative enough, you can make any movie into a sequel. It sounds like it's it's moved around a bit. It's not like a definitive yes for the sequel. It just sounds like it's got a new uh, writer and director team that it's been handed to. So we'll see if it you know lingers in production hell or if it actually goes somewhere and becomes something. I think whenever a movie makes enough money that they're like, oh, we made a profit. Let's try and do it again. Let's ask our horror host how much money Mama made. Uh, they put in twenty million. They got back seventy-one point five. Not bad. Pretty decent return. Yeah. Now you know why they're talking about it and assigning it to writers and directors. But if they don't have like a big, the you know, the cast coming back or Guillermo del Toro's name attached to it, who knows how well it'll do? I think that was a big draw. It definitely was for me. Or will it be written by the Muschietti sibling? Right. That's what we're all dying to know. <laughs> well, if there's new stay writers, up at night then about that. no. Oh. If, if there are new writers, <laughs> oh. you're not interested? They'll, they'll be on IMDb to, like, lure you in, but then it'll just say, you know, story attributed to in parentheses. It's going to be another set of twins that has the last letter I in their name. I think, I think what it'll be, 
more probably is that the machetes possibly were asked or have something like a story or some sort of idea on paper. Yeah, give us a, like a concept origin. Yeah, developed by other people. That happens a lot with this kind of stuff. They they hire more people to rework it and redesign it and move forward with it. You know what? Another, I, I don't know if you and Amanda thought of this as um, an idea for the sequel that is actually a prequel about the mom, you know, what happened in her life and all this stuff. And then that's why driving her off that cliff at the... Whoop, was that a spoiler alert? I should have probably. Said. Oh no, we spoil everything. Yeah, it's okay, Velvet Steel. I just <laughs> once again I ruin everything. Move yeah. forward. <laughs> Did you guys think of that as possibly like a, the sequel could be? I think prequel? that the prequel idea and the sister idea are both better than my assessment <laughs> of the the ghost just coming back for another run. Another night, another sister, <laughs> but. Nathan will probably be right. It'll probably yes. be that because they always go for the lowest hanging fruit. And I don't know why, because I think, Brian, that that's, we didn't talk about that, but that would, that's. Another valid option. Right. Just, and every, everything prequel wise, they never do that until they're like three, four, five installments into a franchise. But that's probably the more interesting story. I think that with this, they should recognize that there is no. There is no franchise here. There's just possibly a sequel, and maybe that's it. So maybe they should go prequel because uh, that may be the best option to make the most money because it'll have the most substance. But And then it could turn into a franchise with a prequel and the sister sequel. Yeah. And your idea, franchise, that's four films. Oh, if you want, I can turn this into eight or nine movies. <laughs> <laughs> the sister okay. sequel has the benefit of having kids which are just inherently scary, mm-hmm. and people turn up for that. So, Were there other ideas that you guys came up with other than the sister one? Yeah, you can also make it like 15 years later, and Victoria is having her own kids, and then there's like grandmama. <laughs> grandmama. <Yeah>. What about <laughs> twin brother coming back? Grandmama. Oh, yeah, we don't even... Ooh, oh, twin pop. brother, yeah. But then you'd have to get the same actor. Well, a lot of times they'll just move on. They'll be like, okay, we replaced the actors. Just go with it. Could you like, call it Mama Papa? You, you could have Papa. Set it oh, in yeah. the Ukraine. Who's and call daddy? It. Who's yeah. the dad? You, know, um, you have Papa. He comes back and he like he's like leaning into Lucas's ear and he's like, did you see me in your dream where I was shaking under the bridge? Wasn't that fucking, <laughs> fucking sweet, bro? <laughs> bro? It's <laughs> fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> All right. Anna, that's another <laughs> way for grandma. All the little nicknames. Oh yeah, auntie, unky. <laughs> oh, yeah, keep it going. Cousins. That's the one where Nathan and I have a horror movie that we write together. Oh. Yeah. Uh, can we please see that, cousins? <laughs> yeah. You two die and come back and scare little children. It starts out with like the theme song from was that old black and white twin show or the cousins that are everyone thinks are twins? Patty Duke. I, I have don't no know. idea what you're talking about. Oh, for Christ's sake. It's not that old. Air okay. Trap? Enough of the facts. Feel, I don't feel like we have to die and come back to scare children. I think we can do that. <laughs> yeah, you can do that in every the day. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be like cousin Dexters. <laughs> Just pull over to the side of the road you rampantly. All, <laughs> you all will be like the old men in secondhand lions. You yeah. just sit out on a porch, terrorizing <laughs> the neighborhood. That's Nobody knows why you live together. No, no, it'll be a perfect combination of grumpy old men and Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> oh, 
my god. Jesus Christ. I was just thinking in my mind, like a daily quota, scaring children every day. Like, oh shit, I have to scare children. So screeching halt to the side of the road, like step out. Emergency <laughs> scare. Slap a knife at someone. Slap some, a child. Yeah, some mother walking her kid home from school. Just, <laughs> I have a quota to hit. Do you mind if I scare your child? Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. I've got lollipops. Oh, God. It's as painless for you as possible. What? <laughs> I'm actually interested that you said that Jessica Chastain was the weakest link, and she was, that was like her year, wasn't it? That she came, everybody was like, who is this girl? She was like blossoming. Jessica Chastain is a, is a great actress. She's solid in everything that she does. I told you it's the haircut. That's what's doing the psychological trigger. No, she is solid in everything she does, but not this, though. I, I feel like she's more solid than uh, Jamie. Let's go. Let's go take a look oh, at how oh, many oh, he's, roles. He's not a strong link. <laughs> let's let's just get into this story. Yeah, let's and get break into it. Down what happens because Jamie Lannister is a train wreck. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Amanda. None <laughs> <laughs> of the other roles that Jessica Chastain has done had a small haircut like that. Okay, I'm done. Jesus Christ. I'm just saying. I'm biased, I'm saying. not that biased. Correlation, that's just science, okay? Usually when she has long hair, she does better. Okay, now there is a weird little start to this movie. Um, everything begins with a stock market crash, right? Was, was that the radio part in the car with the door open? Yeah, it's the radio beginning. I'm not sure that there's a stock market crash so much as Jamie Lannister won has been exposed as having done something wrong. And so he kills one of his partners, and then he kills an analyst. And then he goes home. Somehow he manages to have time to go all the way home to kill his wife, grab his children, and get in the car and just start driving like a maniac into the mountains. Yeah, to a cabin in the woods. Well, he didn't know where he was going. He no. crashes the car. He does crash the car, and he just stumbles across that cabin? Yes. He, he crashes the car, and he gets out, and they just start walking. He has no plan whatsoever other than murder. Side note, as far as Canadians go, we recognize that he was driving, A, way too recklessly, and B, we were concerned he didn't have winter tires on. Oh, he definitely didn't have winter no. tires on. <laughs> and we cannot confirm whether the children in the back seat were wearing their seatbelt. No, because the baby was not in a car seat. She should have been in a car seat, but she was sitting on her sister's lap. Thank oh, you, the parental guidance is yeah. just way out of control. So many I mean, safety violations yeah. in just one yeah. little 30-second clip. Well, I mean, the Kingslayer has no... <laughs> <laughs> he has and no he picks up a pill bottle and then is disgusted that it's empty. Like, what kind of pills were you going to take at this moment <laughs> that you have apparently run out of? <laughs> <laughs> to keep the the voices like, from jumping in, trying to roofie himself, and he's not he's not worried about those kids' safety. He's going out to that. He's going out to wherever he's taking them for a reason. Well, this is the actual the, the opening sequence really really bothered me because, and of course, I understand that like this has to happen for there to be a story for them to meet Mama. But if you had just killed three people and. Why Why would you take your kids? Like, you obviously are going to kill yourself. That's your ultimate goal. You have to remove yourself from the situation. You could have just left your kids in the house. The police would have found them. They would have been taken care of. It would have been fine. But instead, you chose to take them recklessly to kill. Like, why? 
What? Because nobody can raise your children but self. <laughs> yeah. Every other incident like this in a movie is followed by, especially when there's a search involved for human beings, uh, discovery of the car, a search party, police and everybody combing the forest, looking for the people. That does not happen in this movie. That is a nope. weak point of this movie, Weakest especially link. in the opening. Yeah, but he's not in. Normally, if he was going home to end it all, he would have killed his wife, then killed his kids, and then killed himself. But he only kills his wife and then takes his kids somewhere. So his plan is to abduct his children and try to get away from whatever mess he has made. And for whatever reason, decides to not include his wife in that. Yeah, what did she do wrong? I have no idea. Who is she? Although if Aunt Jean is any indication, she was a bitch. Yeah, she's kind of Okay, okay. Wait a minute. So who did he kill? He killed who before he killed her? He killed his the partner. radio says like one of his partners at the firm, mm-hmm. an analyst. Okay. And then his wife. Okay, so She's the analyst and killer. the wife were having an affair. And the partner knew about it and didn't say. Or, I'm just saying. Or the partner's I'm, unrelated in like a different matter, and that's what confuses the whole case. Many he mistrials. He was he was in the fucking room when he went to go kill the partner. And because he was there, he was just Ooh. Ooh. Witness. Yeah. Get rid of the witness. Yep. Right. Okay. Get rid of the witness. Yeah. See, I've already I've already solved this problem. My issue is with there being no search. None whatsoever. Yeah. Like just him. Like And oh, they're not well, even that far away. Uh, they're gone. They drove up a mountain. As we've established, because both Maybe there was a search. Just is his name not, Lucas, no? the living one? Yeah, but but b- before okay. we get before okay. we get to that, when he when uh Jeffrey which is which is Jamie Lannister one. Once he gets his kids, they they end up sliding off the road because he's driving like a like a maniac. Obviously, can't handle the snow. Um, they stumble into this cabin. Um, right away, Victoria knows something is up. There's someone inside. There is definitely something floating around inside of this cabin. Either way, Jamie Lannister one takes these two girls inside, and within what a few minutes whatever ghostly supernatural presence resides in this house has decided to claim these kids as her own and take crazy dad out of the picture. Kingslayer. Kingslayer. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that she made that decision until it was obvious that he was going to kill Victoria. Yeah. Because that's when she intervened. She was protecting the the child. From him murdering. She may have left them alone. What did he do to convince her that he was about to kill Victoria? He made Point, her turn uh, around and lo- pointed a gun at her head. Took her glasses <laughs> off. Thank you. Got her to turn around, pointed a gun at her head. And it's important that we say he took her glasses off because this helps with good parts of the movie. I feel like yes. Daniel didn't watch this and he's asking us questions. <laughs> no, he's trying to get us to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Are you leading us somewhere? Are you leading us on? Leading my witnesses, yeah. Okay, so took off the glasses and, oh, wow, great effect. Looking at the mama's special effects with uh, blurred vision, right? That's what's coming next? Well, that is a better option. You don't want to see it clearly. This is the best parts of seeing mama is through this girl's eyes. Yeah, I'll always. Admit, I'll admit it. Throughout the whole movie. It is nice. It's a smart idea to use the kids' blurred vision. It's actually very, very intelligent. And Maybe. this isn't the best <laughs> the movie, but it's one of the good ones. 
Yeah, and the glasses gimmick that they're using works in multiple ways, too. Like, it works for Victoria being sort of scared of Mama more than her sister, so she always takes her glasses off before she has to interact with her. And also, even Mama herself will take the glasses off the child because she prefers it when she can't see her clearly. It's a, it's a good piece. It's used in an, in an emotional way, which I think is smarter than your average ghost story movie. I the agree. overall lighting of the movie, too, just seems like the person responsible for the cinematography or the lighting was maybe a big reason why this is as competent as it is. Yeah. yeah the Muschietti's, did they, you said they made the short film, right? So mm-hmm. they obviously have some directing skills for sure. Yeah, although they, they, do, they go a bit, I don't know if cheesier is the right word, but they use more like demon-y weird makeup in their little short film. I think you might think that Del Toro was sort of an absent dad on this picture, but I think that he saw potential in them and then sort of smeared away their more ignorant tendencies because there were some parts of the short film that I didn't like. But oh, you've seen it. Yeah, we watched it. I actually I I liked the short quite a bit. I, I did, too. It was fine. They, they did some good things and some bad things because the short is very short. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, insanely short. It's impressive to me that it drew so much attention, but. It's basically a scene from Mama, the movie, which is just, um, it's Victoria and Lily in the same room together. And in the short version, Lily can talk. Oh. She's they're much sp- closer in age. They're both older. Yeah, they're like more like a year or two apart as opposed to like a few years. And it's just one of them telling her that, oh, you know, Mama is back. And then there's some like interesting little supernatural ghost parts. And then... um I think Lily herself becomes possessed by Mama or something. It sort of goes like in a different direction than the movie itself does. But all in all, very short, not that spectacular, but it does show restraint, which might gather a lot of attention in the horror world (laughs) whenever you see restraint. And I imagine if it was a short film, they probably didn't have the budget to do all the CGI stuff. So if you saw Mama or anything like that, did they kind of use more just makeup as opposed to CGI? Um... No, they, they 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 definitely used a little bit of CGI. It looked no, no better, no worse, just a little bit different. Okay. Uh, I, actually, I, well, I'll say it looks worse because I like the actor that they use for this, even though it gets polished. Oh, by the way, real quick, uh, another idea that the sequel could be, <laughs> you know, the wife of the two daughters who got killed by Jamie. Mm-hmm. What if she's the next mama? <gasps> Oh, oh, new mama. Or nailed she, it. She comes nailed back it. to get her kids and there's like a mama mama fight. Actually, <laughs> that's... Mama mama. No, that's actually the, the best projection because she was wronged. She, she, was. she was. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to like search through the 1870 archives to find <laughs> out her story. Oh, we got to wait for the archives because I've got a lot to say. <laughs> right? All the golf was do. They almost, they almost ran into Fox Mulder in that... Uh, warehouse oh they sure did yeah she believes yeah she well does. and i just i have to throw this in real quick we already talked we touched on it but like the fact that jamie lannister 2 has been paying people to search for these girls for five years five years we jump when ahead. they're just barely off the road is offensive to me and a huge hole carry on next part no, it's good, that it was like the cops were like, you know what? So we, you know, they, it's almost like they didn't care. They're like, oh, some guy killed his wife, took the yeah, two kids. We, we well, gave we gave it a week. 
<laughs> yeah, right. They didn't it's turn like, up. Detective from Pay the Ghost with Nicolas Cage was in charge of the investigation. <laughs> <laughs> they probably went to Canada. It's all done. <laughs> they've, gone too, they've gone too far. Forget it's their it. problem now. Artist, he draws things for a living. How is he supposed to know where the car was or where it went? No, but it, it wasn't like Jamie Lannister one drove for a day and a half to go out to this place. It was just like an hour or two from his house and off the side of the road. Really, not even back. He didn't have to like drive through the forest or anything to get there. And it's been five years, and just now these what these two mercenary searchers, two woodsmen, the woodsmen, yeah, the woodsmen, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're hunters. <laughs> They just stumble across this cabin. And the cabin itself has relatively modern things in it. Yeah. So it must belong to someone. Someone owns this piece of property. Mama. (laughs) If it was like burnt down or caved in, you'd think, okay, well, that's just a pile of trash. We'll move on. They surely must have known there's a building here or have come across it in their quadrant by quadrant half decade search. You know, you guys are really making me change my mind. This is a great movie. It's fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I actually think they would maybe have... bringing out the qualities. There would maybe be a better structure to them just happening across feral children instead of trying to come up with a premise that supports why they're there. Although I do admit the opening credit scene is pretty sweet. I do like the opening credits. The opening with the, credits is great where it tells drawings. the story with the drawings. Yeah. Tells the story with the drawings, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think if they just happened to cross feral children and they were just like outdoorsy people and they just happened to cross them and didn't know what to do and they couldn't find out who the kids belonged to so they allowed them to retain custody or something. I don't know. Yes, that would have worked fine. That is exactly how one of my favorite movies goes, which is The Woman. They just find a feral woman. No explanation. They just find fair, one. Daniel, to be fair, the woman opens up with like an 80s music video about her <laughs> hurtling things through the forest and eating raw fish. Like, come on. Well, yeah, okay, but that's it. Yeah, here's like a cave woman-esque person going through the a creek and then she gets abducted. There's no like, here's her tribe and where they came from and she was actually abducted from some like... From none of it. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is we don't need an 80s music video with feral children at the beginning. We that wasn't like an the 80s music video. It was like some screechy synth noises over top of her hunting down a wolf and killing it and eating it and then sleeping in its den. All right. It was a wolf, not a fish. So, <laughs> Mama, what's happening now <laughs> Wait, Daniel, is I that just... they discover the children. Yeah. And they, this is the best part yeah, he de- of he, the he, movie. He draws for a living, has no money, but he can hire a couple of hunters to track down. I yeah, think. that's where he puts all his money that he makes from drawing. We got to talk about the money. We've got to talk about the money. Because Jamie Lannister, number one, was clearly wealthy. There had to have been some amount of money left Oh, he ha- I, I think Jamie Lannister too had to have inherited some piece of money from his brother's estate. Something from the will, yeah. Something from the will. I mean, the house is sold. There were clearly there's no grandparents or anything like that. Any other brothers, sisters, what have you? So there had to be money. So I'm assuming that that's what he's been se- spending for the last five years. Lannisters always and pay their debts. Finally, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> run out. <laughs> Wouldn't the estates? Money get locked up in the midst of a criminal investigation. Maybe the cops allowed it. They were like, hey, why don't you guys take this money we locked up and you go look for her? 
<laughs> the laziest police force ever. Well, maybe I don't think. I mean, even funny. if you commit a crime, though, the state doesn't just get to take your um, your no, belongings. No, not take it, but freeze it until they have a outcome. That would have required an investigation. They decided not to do that, as we already established. <laughs> right. Or he could have got the money, and he just spent it on this search. That's what I think. That's what I think. Sound soundproofing his girlfriend's, uh, you know, band room. Yeah, we didn't consider the fact that Annabelle could have been funding this thing the entire time with this. <laughs> The best part of that is when she's like mouthing the lyrics as the singer sings them. Yeah, that's like, what musicians any good do. Any bassist okay. will do this. Yeah, imagine your concert. I'm not a musician, but can I get a confirmation that a bassist is like the most replaceable part of a band? You are the weakest link. Get off <laughs> the Goodbye. show. Goodbye. If, if if to be the bassist, the bassist would say they provide the like rhythmic spine of the song. <laughs> They are needed with the drummer, so it's like but an employee. It's like an employee who's like middle management in a major corporation. They think they're important, but they're not. It's like the person that really wanted to play guitar but just isn't good enough. So right. five strings was too many. There are few bassists that come out of the woodwork to provide themselves as being irreplaceable, like Primus. <laughs> yeah, there's a few bands that the bass player plays like a guitar player, and the guitar player sucks and plays the rhythm. Yeah, Tool is actually kind of like that, too. Great like that. Yes, Tool. So when I hear the phrase rhythm guitar, that means the bassist is talented. Rhythm guitar is even more replaceable. No, rhythm, yeah. If you played, like, lead bass, that would be Red Hot Chili Peppers and Tool and the guy from Dave Matthews' band. And Primus, Les Leibel. And Primus, yeah. That's about it. There's nobody else. That's for, like, four people. I figured out why the police couldn't find them, though. Oh. These hunters had a bloodhound. That's a secret. Finally, They're yeah. Dumb. That's the if first fun. time they brought one out. You know, if they had a dog, the that's police, a secret. I don't Come know, the, on. The police didn't conduct a search at all, or at least they didn't conduct a search that they showed us that happened. And Daniel, you know, I was keeping an eye on these two kids. I had to tell them to pay attention to the credits. I really like those credits. That they kind of told the story during the credits so that you know why these kids turn out the way they they kind of have yeah they've been hanging out with a ghost mother in the woods for five years talk about a prequel let's just see those five years and the shenanigans that may have happened to them outside of just being with mama but you're gonna not you're 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 gonna lose instantly 50 percent because this movie is 50 percent because 50 percent can't handle the last 20 minutes this movie and 50 percent can and to make a sequel like that, where you show that period in between, you'd have to go with the people that can handle it. I'm pretty sure we've come up as many movies as the Fast and the Furious have. Hmm. I'm saying. Franchise. Those? It's a- Ten film saga. Uh, y'all, we have dates for the remaining three films. I'm just... I'm talking about ten here. Mama. Mama Mia. <laughs> here I go again. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, here I go again. Where Ia is just like a Roman numeral two. <laughs> Mama may I? Yeah, then sister, brother, grandmama, all the siblings. Oh, cousins, my. culminating in cousins. Yeah, and they turn into like futuristic, polished sci-fi super adventures just like the Fast and Furious films do. So they capture these children, or the hunters find them, and they take them to this, what I'm a, I'm assuming is a psychiatric hospital or some sort of 
clinic. Reason. Yeah, where they can monitor the children. Yes. Is it a wise idea to send a, like the twin brother of the father in first? Because well, he looks so much like the dad. Yeah, that's the dad, exactly what the, the dad that reacted. abandoned and right. Do you want to confuse them? It's right. it's, it, it's like shortcutting. Like you will get them to respond, but then you'll also confuse them. Yeah, like I think the grandmother should have been the point of contact here. Maybe the uh, aunt. When they when they yeah. Since there's whatever. no twin. <laughs> no 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 the the grandmother like the mother of the the one that's trying to take him away. Yeah, the one that's trying to fight. That's custody. an aunt. That's the aunt. That's the aunt? Yeah, she says, this <sighs> guy's brother murdered my niece, so she's actually a grand aunt. Oh, fuck. So, okay. yeah, she's the aunt of the dead wife. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought she one. was more direct lineage, so I don't know. No, they conveniently cut out any sort of, like... Immediate family. Immediate family. I don't know. Would Mama have followed the kids all the way back to wherever she was from? Halfway across the country? Oh, maybe. It seems like she can just kind of portal around she wherever. She just portals anywhere she wants. Um, Flyer mileage. I don't know. With horror movies, I'm constantly yeah. thinking, like, was there a way to avoid all this? There probably was. <laughs> there's always a way to avoid, a way to avoid, all avoid this. The, the movie altogether. <laughs> there's a way to avoid it, but there's always going to be a convoluted way that we get there. But we do get to see the glasses brought back in, which is kind of how he bridges it with Victoria. Right. Yeah, because he pulls in his face into focus. Oh, it's... Not my dad, but he looks like my dad. I'll hug you. I'll hug you. Why not? And and from there on, we're going to get the dynamic that exists throughout the rest of the film, which is that Victoria was, I don't know, cognizant enough before she started living with Mama that she can return to a semi-normal state now. But Lily was a baby, so all she knows is this feral life. So it's going to contrast between them the entire way through. Yeah, there was just, an emotional bond immediately as soon as she saw you know, Lucas, whatever his name was. This was the first moment of, like, sexual assault. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what movie were you watching? <laughs> Let me in on He's this. He's awfully close to that child. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> wow. That hug went on for a little too long. Oh. Should have went with great auntie. You went with a sinister take on the, that's why he's hunting for these Unacceptable. girls. It's because Andrew hears this so often. Have you been coming around here? You've been coming to the house playing with the girls? <laughs> All the time. Haven't we all? Oh, I guess it's just us two. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew. Nathan. What's your problem? I have lots. This movie in general is becoming one. Yeah, the more we dissect this movie, the more we move further away from appreciating it, especially hearing people who opened up with a positive reaction but have had nothing but negative criticism so far. It's because so it's because the positive is it's there. It's definitely there. It's why we can have fun with the bad parts. But let's get to... A sleazy-ass doctor. Oh, Dr. Dreyfus. Right? Mm. I love Dr. Dreyfus. He's like, hey, maybe this will work out best for the both of us. It'll help my career because of this feral children study. Thank you, Brian. Yes, he has peer-reviewed journals lined up for this. He's thinking how many... I want these kids near here. You want them? I want them. Let's have them together. Let's. <laughs> I have zero shits to give about the welfare of the actual living beings in front of me. I just want fame. Yeah. This is the best case study I will ever do. My this life's is, work. This is going to make my career. Yeah, because the great aunt, she wants them because she's going to be able to take care of them. She has money to do so. 
it's sort of less tragic for them since they won't confuse the twin brother as their father. They can make a clean start. Yet the Doctor and Jamie too and Chastain are going to collude together to break the law and hole up with these kids on their own in some mansion somewhere where they can just be experimented upon. Outstanding. Well, how else are you going to get ahead in life, though, right? <laughs> it's so... Poor man's Tony Shalhoub right away. Just ready with a plan. So then they get that little experimentation mansion. They get to go... Jamie Lannister, too, gets to go move out there with Chastain, uh, uh, Rock Hand Girl. Case study house. Case study not, house. Not experimentation mansion. Child I, porn Potato, house. potato. Well, and I have to intervene on this again. If we're, We've we got to get into the, the nitpicky problems of these movies. Because uh, Aunt Jean, the one that's trying to take the kids, is talking about how you're so poor and you live in this, you know, apartment. And all that's true. However, now that these kids have been found and both of their parents are dead, their legal guardians would be entitled to their social security money. And right now in America, that's running at about 1200 per child per parent. So it's actually very financially beneficial to get these kids. And, and we just ignore so, that. Yeah, they can survive. No problem. Yeah, they don't, they don't need this case study house. They can now afford a lot of things just from collecting on their government benefits. Okay, but that's not the focus here, Amanda. Okay, the focus is the health of the children. Jesus. No, bullshit, it's not. <laughs> I thought the brother, he was a really good brother, man. He was a bro, the ultimate bro being like, all right, I'm going to look for your kids. I'm going to take care of them. He cared a lot. And oh, for, well. for someone who seems like he really it, wasn't a part of their life too much. Velvet, it was guilt. <laughs> and is this another opportunity for a sequel idea? Because what if somebody steps in like, what's going on, Lucas? I'm the godfather. Dun, dun. It's a it friend guilt. of Jeffrey. God mama? It was guilt-driven. Okay, everyone, picture if you had a twin, and that twin went all psychotic and murdered people. Wouldn't you be like, want to establish for everyone that that's not who you are, and that you're not like your twin? But I'm just like my twin. What better yes. way to do that than spend five years, all of your resources and time and energy, trying to find their children, which are missing? Which is but all a ruse because he is just like his twin. A shot at redemption. That's I, what this is. I just want to kill the bass player. God damn it. I want to finish what my brother started. I'm going to kill his daughter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's not It's not unsimilar to Jamie Lannister's plight as the Kingslayer. <laughs> That's why they got him for this role. It's a tie in the Game of Thrones. They should have cut cut his hand off in a little homage. Spoiler. Wait, they cut his hand off? You know that. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, Next. So now oh, we've got sorry. now we've got the kids in the case study house. Yeah. And um very quickly we move to this the next epic flaw of the movie. Um Jessica Chastain and Jamie Lannister to start to get a little frisky. You know, frisky. she's feeling a little neglected. Her life's in upheaval. And they start getting it on. And she sees Mama through the crack of the door. Mm. He goes to investigate. He goes and checks on the girls. They're fine. Right as rain. Everything looks good. She's still freaking out. He's like, it's okay. I'll go downstairs. He sees the portal. Because Mama just portals all over the damn place. And he just stares at it forever. This like big black growing thing on the wall. Moths are coming out. 
Mama pops out and knocks him violently. Over the banister. Over the banister, tumbles down the stairs, and he ends up in the hospital. Incapacitated. Coma. This was Nathan's favorite part also. Well, this is where the top billing actress gets to take over the story. Takes over the story. Yeah, she gets to take over. Nikolai is in the hospital in a coma from this accident, from being pushed over by Mama. Uh, this portal we're referring to is like this sort of black, moldy goop that forms on the wall around a crevice, and all these moths are always flying out of it. And that's sort of how Mama gets from place to place is through this portally crack in the wall. But also, we should mention that Chastain wants nothing to do with these kids. Uh, they they are a true they're they're her burden list, and she looks fantastic in a tank top, which is all she wears. Titties out whole movie. <laughs> Daniel was like, "What do you mean they're out?" I'm like, "They're they're just there, just flopping around." It's because I stopped time. looking at her cuz I Cuz just... of the hair. I know. <laughs> it's only in like two scenes that she's wearing the titty All right. the titty shirt. Let's let's talk about uh, her seeing the image of mama in the crack of the door. Okay. I, I I made a comment to everyone in the room while we were watching this that when stuff like that happens in horror movies I immediately picture myself and Chelsea in that moment in that experience and Chelsea if she saw a creature or a being or a ghost through the crack of the door from from the bedroom she would go home to her mother and stepfather's house and she would never come back here because she would murder them no, no, because she would not want to be anywhere near this apartment after she saw something like that. Like, it would be time to move. That's how severe it would be. That's how I am. Yeah. So for them to just, like, shake it off, I like that That never rings true for me in these movies. Like Free rent? I understand there's, rent? there's circumstances they're trying to sell it to you with, but I, I just always think... In reality, it would be game over. It would be move time. I would live anywhere for free. <laughs> Even with a ghost in it. Well, sweetie, I think there's a lot of bridges. And <laughs> Not just free. She already said. You're getting $2,400 in social security right? on getting, top. Getting paid? Yeah. To live somewhere yeah. without having to pay no. rent is yeah. even better. You're in the black. You're making a this profit. Is profit. You're no, accountant. no way I'm per, not living in this ghost house. This. Per yeah. dead parent. It's closer to $5,000 for these kids. Even I, if I was Nikolai and I had to spend time in the hospital repeatedly, yeah, I'm care- still there. Just be careful around the railings. Right? Just be careful around just the railings. Just live on the main floor. Yeah. So don't go upstairs or downstairs. You can live everything on the main floor. It's a big house. Just baby proof it. Right? Yeah. Gates. Well, let's Thanks. let's mention that this movie is desperately trying at all times to remove Jamie Lannister from the movie. It begins with trying to kill his brother and succeeding. Then it gives him a coma. <laughs> Later it will just knock him unconscious. Like this movie's always trying to get rid of old Nikolai Caster Waldau. Well, and when he finally comes to in the hospital, this is the one of the more shocking things to me is like he had this horrible accident in the house. When he finally wakes up from his coma, nobody asks him what happened. He never says, I saw this creature jump out at me and knock me to the ground. No, they never talk about it. No one's well, concerned he, about what happened. He probably doesn't remember. What the fuck? Yeah, That's a cop out. <laughs> No, Amanda, he's driven by his dream. <laughs> Take care of these children. He loves he's, them. He's obsessed and driven by the dream. He's he's drawing the dream. 
His his twin brother in the dream is pointing left, presumably towards <laughs> the mountains, towards the forest, towards the cabin in the woods, towards the cabin in the woods. Oh, that's a good one. You'll need to watch that. Yeah, go back to the source so you can unbend the ghost. Yes, but while Lucas, aka Jamie Lannister, too, is in the coma in the hospital, do we have well before uh, Chastain or Annabelle and the Doctor start colluding again? to bypass the law in this situation with uh, the coma. Do we get a couple of interviews with the doctor and Victoria? Because there's two or three of those in this film. Is one of those right here? Yes. We also, we kind of skipped over two little parts that I think are necessary to talk about. One was the 1800s booklet that happened. The archive. The archive. Oh, is yeah. this the first yeah, the visit archive to the archive? Update okay. From the lady from the 1800s. <laughs> the archive. And we also update. missed the best <laughs> child's play that has ever happened in movies with the younger girl just hopping into a box while she's like crawling around like a crab and just jumps into a little box. It's fucking phenomenal. Oh, when they, <laughs> yeah, when the girls are at the house, they're getting comfortable. You know, uh, Lily, the younger one, still likes to walk around on all fours. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the best playtime mo- moment in the history of cinema with children. Oh, yeah, don't you hate children? Just patently. When he was going to kill her, I was like cheering it on. So the like, only yes, time you can do it. <laughs> One of the positive things here is that the children actually didn't annoy me until the end, which we'll get into. Yeah, the only time that the intern can enjoy the children is when they're behaving like animals because that's how he sees them. <laughs> They are animals. <laughs> uh, Lily, I think, um, sort of maintains a lot of the creepiness of the movie because she just in and of herself is scary. Yeah, like, she wants nothing to do with this new world. off. I mean, I don't, she's, you can't recover that one. So. She's definitely the creepy one, but I feel like um, when we get the other child's perspective, you get a lot of the good creepy shots with her not being able to see, like from her point of view. It's yeah. an entertaining yeah. viewpoint for the most part, as long as her glasses are off. You can bring her back. You just need a stronger uh, female figure in her life that's not, you know, just waiting to step out and pull out the bass guitar and get back to rocking. She needs a real mama. Yeah, she needs a real mom to tell her to sit up straight in the chair. And eat her food properly. Oh, but she doesn't. She doesn't want to be their mother. No, don't call me that. I'm not your mom. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 what I'm saying. She's a stronger female figure. I think she's she's not totally gone. It's a feral problem. And, and what is the reasoning that the doc, like Doctor Dreyfus and Annabelle, the the remaining bloodline authority figure to these girls is in a coma? What was their reasoning for being able to hold on to these girls in his coma? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't they automatically go to the great aunt? No. It was probably joint custody with the uh, doctor and him, right? Because it was all hinging yeah. on the ability to monitor them. Doctor's got to do his uh, study, his child pornography study. The cameras in the house. Creepy doctor. I think because part of the reason why they would choose not to you know, give the slam dunk custody to the great aunt is because the doctor's involved. So the doctor must be attached to the court order in some way. Right, and Dr. Dreyfus is fascinated by this mama character that the girls keep referring to. So he's off on his own little uh, investigative hunt 
Yeah, and he's got a little intern there researching. Hey, and she just chooses. Hey, I'm gonna go check back randomly she into this broken down place that was closed in 1870. I'm just gonna double check that. She like, was very thorough, man. She took her job seriously. Like mm. any good intern, she was good at her job. Yeah, she was archiving that shit. She was super hippie chick. She was like old, but had long braids and like a wolf howling at the moon T-shirt. She looks sick. Yeah, just like me. She looked like there's something wrong with her medically. Is this the Fox Mulder part you're talking about? Because, yeah, she believes. She's into it. She, I bet she picked up that 1800s asylum book first, but left it to be investigated last. You know what I mean? She had it in her room already. Yep. Waiting for it to become relevant. Just doing some light reading. She's like, I oh, knew it. 1800s books. Yeah, the backstory of this ghost is way too complex. Yeah, there is a strange backstory to the mama ghost. Because what is it? Let's break it down. She's ill. I mean, she's a mentally unstable person. Right, but does she have Marfan syndrome in the 1800s? What's Marfan syndrome? It's when your limbs are elongated and you're taller and skinnier than you should be. Because they, even when a- they show uh, mama in her like human form, she still looks contorted and disfigured. Was she just like a woman who had been pigeonholed all of her life and then killed a nun to get a baby or had they taken her baby away because she had this disfigurement or is this my cousin reading too much into the uh physical presentation based on the actor that was chosen to represent the role because they were trying to make it look creepy and there really is no definitive connection between marfan syndrome and the character of mama you know mama i think there is though Really, the whole point behind this is that nuns are evil. I got the... But you took away from this all? <laughs> That's... Nuns caused Mama to go crazy. No. Nuns aren't evil. And she evil. had to steal this child and no. kill some nuns. Nuns aren't evil. Because they had it coming. But they're definitely up to something. Oh, yeah. They have an agenda. Mm-hmm. That much is clear. We can't make presumptions about what that agenda is or declare it as evil, especially when they're, you know... But, but then why... What was... What? What was Mama trying to get her baby back for? Was that her baby? I think it was. I think it was her baby. I think they took it away from her because she was um, a single mom. No, I think that she had had a child out of wedlock in the 1800s, which was not okay. And they took it away. They took it away and they put her in a loony bin because who knows? Maybe it's like a scarlet letter type of situation where daddy is actually like the, you know, priest. Right. And he can't admit to it. He can't admit to it, so she's just left out in the cold. They put her, they lock her up, and they take her baby away. Daniel, well, you should be livid. Livid. Because do you know what these nuns just did, in your opinion? They just stole. They stole from this this nice, I don't even know what the word is. Mama. Elongated, elongated joint morphin, morphinism? What the fuck? Morphins. Marfan syndrome. Marfan syndrome. This nice Marfan syndrome lady had her child stolen from her. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not evil. It's basically a sucker punch. Yeah. It's they like, stole her from. They sucker punched her. They basically mortied her up and down. <laughs> right. <laughs> they mortied her up and down. Um, also, just quickly to the point Amanda was making, this is not the Middle Ages. This is 1870. This is late 1800s. People weren't licking scabs back then. Pretty close. 
It's <laughs> not too far off. Child out of wedlocks don't get ripped away from people's arms in 1870. Yeah, this is Virginia well, in the late 1800s. They, were, they ripped it away for some reason. Maybe she was crazy. Maybe she wasn't. We'll figure that out in the prequel. Maybe it was an interracial we'll child. Figure that out in the prequel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For the time being, we just know that they took her baby away, and she goes and gets the baby back. She kills her way there, steals the baby, runs away. Then has no options. No options. Ends up jumping off of a cliff with her baby and plunging to both of their deaths. They they slam into a tree branch. On the way down. Ouch. Mama falls into the water, becomes a floating corpse. The baby ends up dangling from a pouch on a tree branch and presumably dying. Yeah. And yeah. I also want to say that um, the hands during this like whole scene are fucking phenomenal. Like yes. they're such great hands. And after the scene, like... We get to see Jessica Chastain's hands, and they her her hands are like skinny, but they look fat. <laughs> You're seeing these like long skinny fingers. Yeah, she's got like chubby sausages. <laughs> it was like an interesting transition, but her fingers aren't sausages. It's just the <laughs> this morphin syndrome hands and, are like phenomenal. In, intern, quit hating on Jizzstain's hands. I'm not. Jeez. I just like I like the other person's hands he more. Likes the alien kind of looking limbs. You want those? They're lanky, long. You want those lanky hands to wrap their fingers around you? Around my neck, squeeze. Oh. Hey. <laughs> into that. Some people are into that. All if right. I was gonna die, and those hands were the ones wrapped around my neck, be a good night. All right. Let's let's talk about some of the things that this movie does, um, well. And I think that this. The fact that I, I think, have seen so many inferior ghost story horror movies compared to this one, I think this might come into play as to why I come out more positive than you guys on this movie in general. Uh, One, Andrew, did you like the scene where the camera is set up at the end of the hallway and you can see half into the child's bedroom and half down the hallway? Yes. Where they had tug-of-war? Yes. Yeah, I really liked that scene, actually. Yeah, it's a great scene one of the ones we had to rewind yeah we had to rewind that uh it was a good scene i don't know if i would say it was a great scene in terms of ghost story horror movies it's a great scene in this whole comparative to every other horror movie so this is great business no evaluate it in and of itself please yeah and i will do that as well great because other movies suck but that's not no no even by itself It's it was subtle. Good scene, not it's great. subtle. It 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 really does capture something. I have to agree with Daniel on this. Yeah, there's the tug of war that's happening. You kind of get little glimpses of the shade of the, of the shadow of the mother on the back wall. But other than that, it's just a girl that's playing tug of war with a blanket in a room. You don't see who she's doing it with, but you know it's not someone that should be there. And down the hall, you get monotonous, innocuous activity going on. Someone doing laundry, menial house chores. There's a nice contrast set up with the split camera down the hallway it's nice it's well done it's too staged that's why it's not great it's just good the thing that's what's good about this is that this scene actually builds anxiety yeah because you get to see chastain come down the hallway and you're like oh she's gonna go in there nope oh she's gonna go in there nope oh she's oh she's getting called away well and you assume when you first see it that like oh victoria and lily are playing no they're not because victoria's way down there Mm mm-hmm 
I think it was I was done very well. Yeah, piece by piece, they reveal that this is something supernatural that's happening. This is probably the second best scene in the movie. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not, you know, masturbatory. No, no one here is masturbating. Sure it is. We can. Wait, it's great. Oh, it's so great. Anytime it's... someone starts to appreciate something, you think we go straight to jerking off all over it. No. You're sucking the scene's cock. That's not. I... We're, we're not Jill and hauling this scene. <laughs> oh, Wait a minute. Man. We weren't masturbating during that part? Oh, I guess it must have just been me. Velvet, <laughs> put it away. I can't help it. <laughs> I really liked, actually, uh, Nathan's girlfriend. I'm sorry, ladies. Nathan has a girlfriend. And it's Chelsea. And she pointed out that she's like, there's a lot of subtlety to this movie. It's like it's kind of building up. That's what I actually liked the aspect of it. It wasn't just like overtly kind of creepy. She, she had a good point with that. Yeah. First half of this movie does have that subtlety. It does build. There is nice scenes. It is well lit but great <laughs> let's let's take a deep breath okay i mean come on <sighs> oh wait that's just me being in pain the family guy and yeah, maybe script. not great in general but some great moments um what else do we have what about um the sounds that mama makes when mama is being shown on screen i like the little weird uh noise it's like the predator. I don't know how noise. to do it. So, yeah, there's a lot of like clicking and knocking. So, not the noise that her body makes when she moves, but it's like a weird mouth noise that happens in there. Yeah, there's weird little like ag anguish. Like gaspy, vomity kind of sounds. Yeah. At the risk of being hypocritical and comparing this to another movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in the Babadook, when the Babadook appears, there's like uh, more of a like, okay, a wind comes, like a, a, the presence arrives, it culminates, it grows, it, it has this uh, very full uh, fullness to its, to its presence or to its approach. And in this movie, it just seems like this mama character is just clicking and clacking her way through every wall and just running around and just every time you see her at a certain point after the first half of the movie's over and it builds to this point where they reveal her she's all over the place all the time and constantly you you start to evaluate the quality of the special effects more than you enjoy watching her move around or or watching the movie you just you you start to zero in on all the little details i think we can be clear that mama is best when she's not in focus. Yeah, when they're using the, the, the girls. Yeah, um, like vision. continuously throughout. And they do it yeah. later on in the second half too, but she is much creepier blurred out. That's why I made the reference to the, to the pumpkin head uh, thing in my, in my intro because pumpkin head was, yeah, it became more about, you know, just overanalyzation of the special effects. And maybe that's a me thing. And maybe other people just didn't judge that part and just enjoyed the movie. I think that that's nearly always the case with um, horror movies, at least for me, is that I love it until you start showing me the ghost or the demon or the creature too much. That's where, you know, a lot of people like Insidious, and I hate Insidious because they show you the demon too much. And, um, you know, The Conjuring was great until you started seeing the ghost too much. It does lose that the anxiety and the buildup once you start to see her all the time. But this one, this movie, I sort of give it a pass because I actually like Mama the character 
more than in other films. So that's great. I get what you're saying, but yes, let me. Yeah, let me. At point, it it comes back on the story, right? Like once once the uh, the you know demon or ghost is being shown too much, it then falls back on the foundation of the writing and the story that's involved. And at that point, for me, the my experience of this movie, it fell back on the convoluted complex history of the mama character and whenever that happens in paranormal type movies for me i get kind of like if it gets too complicated it it loses me because i'm not really that engaged in the horror genre to begin with so that's maybe my failure to mama because i'm not that engaged in those details and i don't really want to drink in every little aspect of why mama is what mama is if it isn't really presented in an excellent way. Yeah, there's, yeah, let me, yeah, I want to speak to the way that Mama looks or the way that they portray Mama, especially in the, in the latter half of this movie, which is that in most movies, you do have that option. You either get the monster right out there in the open and have fun with the way that it kills things throughout the remainder, or you keep it hidden all the way until the very end so that you build this uh, sense of anxiety or respect for the unseen monster. In this movie, they go half and half. It's very much sort of blurred out, creepy shit, and then all of a sudden you get full frontal mama for the remainder, especially the last 20 minutes. And in most cases, almost every case, honestly, just like Amanda, I would completely dismiss it once it hit that halfway point. But there's something about mama the character, and even to me, the way that mama looks. I like the way mama looks when they show her. It is too polished up and too computer graphics. But her offset eyes, and it's not your average, like, goopy-toothed super witch character or, like, beautiful mermaid-esque witch that lures people with seduction. It's this in-between, slightly deformed, very calm-looking witch mama character. And I like the way she looks. I like it when they show her. So I'm willing to make that transition. Hey, Velvet, where are you at? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I uh we we the I we kind of went off on a tangent. We paused the we were actually having the movie play here and we we're at that point with the research librarian lady, whatever she is, this therapist assistant, the archivist. The El- Thank you. Uh, the X-Files hallway. <laughs> right I like now. I like how Amanda did that. Archivist. Yeah. Archivist. Yeah. <laughs> Correction. Yes. Update. That's what they're called. Like if you're an actual archivist, like that's a real job. That's my new title. That's your new title. <laughs> it's being replaced by Cloud. No, oh, yeah. No, the intern becomes the archivist. No, no, you still have like <laughs> a couple thousand experience points before you hit that. Yeah, you're not at that level yet. Yeah. You got to level up before that. Another 50 episodes. But okay, like Nathan so- was saying, with the backstory, sometimes in some movies, it's interesting to try to find out, hey, who is... Who is this entity? You know, what is this ghost all about? Let's find out what's, how, what, how did it all come to pass? Like, why is she, in this case, you know, doing all these things? Well, like, Amanda brought up the conjuring. And in that situation, it's more uh, digestible because there's expert characters coming to the equation and they come with a knowledge base and they, you know, it's more believable that they are going to be able to explain what's happening or investigate what's happening. In this case, it's an archivist. This doctor character, the character of supposed authority, is referring to this strange batshit old lady archivist that has no credentials. She's just slinging shit out from the 1870s. 
Yeah. Oh, this I'm is classic sorry. horror movie trope. There's always in every like scary movie a random old lady, old woman that can explain shit that she would have no basis of knowledge in. It's one of my favorite tropes. It's so overused. It's absurd. And she fills that role in this one. (laughs) It's a movie that's on the positive scale in terms of its cinematic delivery, writing and directing, and cinematography. And it's using negative scale tropes. And the two things are clashing for me. Uh, It either has to be hokey or it has to be not hokey. Like, The Exorcist isn't hokey. It's true all the way through. And this movie's trying to be both, and you can't be both. I'm sorry. Uh, Thank you, Nathan. That's actually, like, one of the more valid points that you've brought up this entire time, (laughs) which is that they are going for both sometimes. And that's where I I actually have my main issue with the film, Um, which is that they get bogged down in these subplots that they're trying to carry out. And there's some cheesy tropes that come in in between. And, and all of that gets messy. gets muddied up here in the middle a little bit. With the doctor trying to pursue the backstory. Or he's just trying to find out what happened. But they use him as an excuse for uh, exposition. And then there's Jessica Chastain. The rocker chick that wants to be single forever. Suddenly having to become mama role and fighting it. But getting into it. And then you also have the subplot of the older daughter Victoria who is distancing herself from Mama as Lily is further grasping on to Mama. There's all these things happening at once. They could have been done clearer. You pick up on each of them in turn, but you get kind of, like, lost. And in between all of these things, you have intermittent things of Mama scaring people. The reason that it's hard to keep track of the chronology of this film is because of this problem. It feels like they got a, like, Hermione's bag from the final Harry Potter movies. Just, you know... We need something that we can just stick our hand in and pull out whatever we need. Here comes the old lady archivist. The thing that's happening, and this happens, I guess, in like fantasy novels, is that you need the info dump. Yeah, you've got to do it, and there's no better way to do it. And well, there, so, I'm sure there is, but this is there, the cop out way. It's a better way to do it, and it's by having more interesting people talk about things. And that's the problem: is that the archivist is not interesting. I don't even I think she has a name. Right. No, but obsessed twin brother searching for missing children finds them on his own, finds them in the broken down old 1870s psycholog- psychiatric hospital that's been abandoned, not in some fucked up cabin. Found them there, found them all fucked up, got help for them, looked into the history of the, the psychiatric hospital place. himself to find out just more details about the situation. I don't know. Just It just seems more... That's just something that I pulled out of my ass that seems better than a random archivist. <clears throat> and to be fair, the archivist will give the doctor the story behind the whole... Oh, yeah. Including the baby daughter that gets held behind. This is why that mama's ghost is still existing is because... Because what? What does what what the archivist find? Oh my god. This... She finds mama's baby's remains on a shelf in a box in a box under no circumstance (laughs) would a state government hold on to literal infant remains infant remains and yeah she's like here they are this is so sad this is the wrong like, yeah, this is the wrong. <laughs> this is the reason that mama's floating around, making clicking noises, 
is because we're holding these bones in this Raiders of the Lost Ark facility. Yeah. That doesn't have that doesn't have regular like, you know, fluorescent lighting. That this bitch can just go in and take whatever she wants and and hand it to some rando. To whoever. Yeah. I I also want to talk about the whole ghost thing in general. What puts a ghost at rest? Mhm. Mhm. Say mm-hmm. that a ghost uh, is an emotion that is bent out of shape. <laughs> that's all a ghost is. It's just an emotion that's bent out of shape. No big deal. You just got to bend it back in shape. So, and my whole thing to these folks when we were watching the movie was a person who can't handle things and holds on to things to the point where their spirit haunts for like a hundred years or more doesn't let shit go. That's like... If, if a spirit or a ghost is an expression of who you were as a person before you died, then just like solving this one little thing that has plagued you for a hundred years isn't going to end that. You're just, that's who you are. You just don't let shit go. You're a spirit that will be in discontent for the rest of eternity. That's just the way it is, in my opinion. So I don't really see how you can resolve a ghost's issues if you're not willing to let go of life it's because you can't let go of life, not because of this one little thing about your... It's, it's, it's too cut and dried, you know? Like, the equation with ghosts can't be that simple. Yeah, my issue, too, is that they never, like, lay down the rules of what the ghost can and cannot do. Although, in this movie, they will resolve the issue in the end. But let's talk about another good scene. How about the don't-open-the-closet scene? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, so... Chastain happens upon the girls. She she's woken up by the girls making all kinds of noise, and it's this great moment where she knows because the uh, Victoria says, "Don't go in the closet." No, no. Yeah, she, she walks into the room. The girls are playing. Yeah, they stop playing as if like when you walk into someone's conversation that's about you, and everyone stops <laughs> and looks looks at you awkwardly. And she sees the closet door is cracked open, and she goes to open it, and Victoria says, "Don't." Don't do that. Why? What's in the closet? Right. Instantly. Right? Something, hair up, goosebumps up, something. When the girl stops you and says, don't. Yeah. And I love that Chastain sort of takes Victoria. Like, I'm reading what you're putting off, bitch. I'm not going to open this closet. Yeah. In a rare movie moment. Yeah. Normal, Normal horror movie, she opens that closet and some ridiculous thing happens. This one, you got a girl. Yeah. I'm going to close this right up and leave. It's a horror movie trope that adults think kids are stupid and that kids think adults are stupid. In any other movie, she would have been like, what are you so scared of? Open the closet door and been killed. Hit in the face. Right. Yeah. This time she believes the kid and in a very tense moment chooses to close the closet instead of open it. That That's very well done. And that's out of the norm. Any thoughts that, from the this Canadian is a front? Plus three? No, 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 Got there, yeah. I mean, she closes the shit out of that closet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, hard no on that closet. (laughs) And her hair haircut goes really well in this scene with the backdrop of lighting behind her. (laughs) (laughs) Short black hair. This is is like one of the greatest horror movies I've ever seen. She goes and confronts the doctor after this, too. Like, it's almost like a trigger incident. That is that club. where we're at, chronologically? Yeah. <laughs> She's going, and uh, there's, like, the video in the background. We skipped something that I just want to 
pass by when Jamie Lannister comes to and he has his dream of Jamie Lannister one. Pointing left. Yeah, pointing left and he's like, save my girls or whatever. Yeah. My question is, where the fuck has he been for the last five years? You could have popped up in a dream any time and said where your kids were. Yep. Why'd you wait till right now? He needed a deep dream, like a coma. He needed a coma. <laughs> okay, to tap into his brother. Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll, I'll throw it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because because there is that. If you because obviously Jamie one doesn't care that much. No, he was gonna kill him. So he needs a deep dream. <laughs> it's when you're passionate that you can like activate surface dreams or super passionate become a living or unliving supernatural force like mom okay these are the rules if <laughs> <laughs> that should be a, a part of uh whenever we do a podcast about a ghost based or a paranormal based horror movie we should maybe try to define the rules and then we can you know oh, yeah. at some point piece all of the different sets of rules together Oh, cross-reference different ghost rules? When y'all knew, <laughs> yeah, when you do, up. like, uh, paranormal craptivity and... Yeah. Uh, Based on our research over the course of podcasting this many here. ghosts, these are the rules. And just see the, how much they contradict each other. <laughs> yeah. Which ghost movie would you start with? Would it be Ghostbusters? Well, it'd have to be this one. Oh, yeah. Mama. From here forward. We can do Mama, Poltergeist. Uh, we nice. didn't... What, in terms of 100 Lunatics, though, this is our first... The Ring. Like, Great true ghost movie. ghost movie, is mm. it? Yeah, is there another ghost movie that we've done on here? I have to, we'll have to check it out. In, ter- in turn, you'll have to do some research Seems, and go back to the archive. Uh, <laughs> how strange that... Velvet, you're off the show. How uh, strange that I don't like ghost movies and ghost movies never show up on the wheel. Great point, Velvet. Uh, we have an archivist... At our disposal. Well, he's an archivist in training. <laughs> to assign these tasks and duties to. Um, can you look back into the history archivist and... I only do this for TPP right now. Oh. 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 So... Rivalry podcast. You're saying no to me? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm saying no to you and Daniel. Both. Okay, we've ha- we need to. The, there's an aspect of this movie that we've sort of left behind for the past little while, and that's Doctor Dreyfus and his quest. Yes. Um, to film children. In to film children. He. Children and Adashend. He was at the house. Is that before or after the scene we just talked? about? I don't know. It's okay. Just go with it. It doesn't matter. So he's interviewing Victoria yet again, and he is constantly trying to hypnotize her and is speaking to her super like creepily like oh yeah leading her on yeah he's he's leading her which is the absolute wrong way to get information out of a person well he's not an ethical man (laughs) no not at all um he's doing to us today correct um and in this last interview with victoria he in a way sort of like not summons but entices mama to appear and makes her mad enough to show her face to him in the case study house. Yes. And I she was looking up at where mama was in the video. He notices that in the video, yes. when reviewing a previous video, but there is a part where he's interviewing her and literally brings mama into the room. Yeah. And um, he sees her and he 
I don't know why she lets him escape at that point. But anyway, he does. He, like, gathers his shit up. And Annabelle's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? He's like, peace out. And he gets in his car and leaves. Yet again, proving that he cares not about the children or anyone else. No. He just bails. He saw some straight up evil shit and left three ladies there to fend for themselves. And I hate to say that's one of my biggest problems with horror movies is like Nathan referred earlier, like him and Chelsea saw something. They'd be like, we're out. Peace out. And then he just saw something supernatural. And then, you know, Jessica Jastain is like, hey, is everything okay? And he's like, oh, I just got to go. You don't give like a heads up of like, oh, by the way, I think there might be something here. <laughs> I think nope. you're being haunted. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to worry. I don't want to cause any friction or anything. <laughs> no. Rent place, maybe not as be as cool as I thought. Yeah. And while we're jumping around, let's just go ahead and we'll, we'll, we'll go through this uh, uh, kill streak here because Mama's going to end up killing a lot of the people that are standing in her way and Brian, as from I just a- found that scene that Amanda was talking about and at the end of it Victoria that's her name right that kid's name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she raises her hand and almost like like she's a Jedi Knight like she's almost controlling yeah Mom. it does come across that way right like, but that seems very out of place. Yeah, it has. It, it, she's not. She's not controlling it, and she never does that sort of maneuver again. But in that one scene, it does confusingly come across that way. I think we found Victoria's new religious beliefs. She is a Jedi Knight. <laughs> or a Sith. Oh, a Sith for sure. With those yeah, genes. <laughs> so, but then Dr. Dreyfus immediately goes back to, I guess, his office or something, he makes the decision that he needs to go to the cabin. Yeah, he's got to go investigate some shit. Why? I'm like, you literally just saw Mama. I don't know why you need to go elsewhere to see her again. But anyway, that's what he does. He gets he gets his shit, not all the important stuff, and goes and sees the cabin. He drives out to Clifton Forge. Parks Clifton is- Forge. I wrote that shit down because I wanted to know what state we were in. We're in Virginia. We're in Virginia. So did you know, like, the reason why he's going to Clifton Forge, though, is because he looked at the photograph and he saw the same thing on the wall that was appearing at Clifton Forge. What's he going to do with that? Well, Mama he's- can transport herself in turn, he's through not- the, the warp hole of space-time not- continuum. Portals. She portals. He's not Egon Spengler, okay? He doesn't have a spectrometer. He knows what's going on. I'm just saying, he doesn't have Half a broken slinky. (laughs) He's not a ghost guy. He's a psychiatrist. He's like, it happened here, it happened there. She's teleporting. I'm going there to find out. I get it. But what's he going to do? Stare at the thing on the wall? He's going to go die. Do what? It's all for the book. You know, this is where he's going to make all his millions. He's like, I got to do all these research. These photographs are going in my book. Okay, he's taking pictures for the book. Okay, that's a rational response from Velvet Steel. Because, you know, there's always those true crime novels. Fucking nonsense from the intern. (laughs) That's all I give. (laughs) There's that section in the true crime novels where you're like, you know, have an, you know, like 10 pages worth of photographs. And that's going to be that. He's like, I got to find these places. She's like, this portal happened at this house, and this portal happened at this house. I was at both. Here's the pitches. Enjoy the rest of my shitty book. All right. Well, why, while, he's, money. while he's going out there, we cut back to Chastain in the bed and this crazy bullshit that happens with her dream. Yes. Thank you, Nathan. Yes, we have led up to a, to a great 
horror movie double super trope. Yes. Double super trope. Yes. Yeah. We're going to begin that double super trope with a dream within a dream. The double dream. The double dream. Inception. Yeah. But wrong genre. I'm sorry. But I actually, even though the double dream is such a super trope, um, I still like the way the beginning of the scene plays out where she she's having some fucked up dream about, you know, some trauma. She wakes up from it and Lily is standing in front of the bed staring at her creepily. And then Lily is staring underneath the bed. It's Victoria. Oh, I mean, I mean Victoria is, is staring underneath the bed. And instantly, Chastain is like, What's under the bed? Yeah, what's under the bed? Yeah, that's a pretty solid scene, actually. It was good. I'd say that's, that's one of the better scenes in the movie. The pan down beneath the bed. Yeah, that's and you get Mama, like, leeching into the mattress yeah. and popping up on the top side. And because it is a physical actor playing Mama... You can see his weight pressing down on the pillows and the blanket as he moves in up on her body. All that really nice. But then she wakes up from that dream into reality. So you have that beginning double trope. And then it goes right into um, Dr. Dreyfus at the cabin, his flashlight going out and having to use the flash of his camera to illuminate the cabin. (laughs) That is the worst trope. That is the dumbest, dumbest trope. Number one, also... I hate this. Why are you going to go to a place where you are? He's He knows that he is looking for a ghost or a supernatural being. Why are you going to get there at like sundown? <laughs> why are you setting yourself up to be in the dark? And then why doesn't this thing have good batteries? Why don't you have a floodlight? Why do you just have a regular flashlight? Such nonsense. And then flash, flash, flash. Oh, you're dead. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna show up at midnight to search for a ghost. <laughs> but he does, and and lots of horror movies use the use this trope, which is the I have no other source of light but the flash of my camera. It was great when it was first used. Now it's a little bit tired because it's just a big play, like an audio visual play. You get the flash that shows you momentary images. You get the like weird crescendo climb of the flash as it goes off and then recharges it's nice but it's been done and it, here it, it comes off a little bit tired you're right it kind of did make it slightly more creepy than it could have been and you're right though but that, i mean that's just like a movie cliche it's like oh of course now when we need something to work it's going to stop the flashlight stops working the winch for some reason never works when you need that winch to work yeah i need to find some keys oh they're above they're under the uh the mirror no the uh visor the what the sun visor yeah exactly i'm like who puts their keys there nobody Nobody. farmers (laughs) all farmers (laughs) so then uh, you know it's like it worked out well for the scene but you're right. It was one of those moments where uh, I was just like, John Connor trains the Terminator to look there in Terminator 2. Well, then I stand corrected. And next time I break into a car, I'm going to look under the visor. Next time I bring a flashlight, I'm going to have Energizer batteries because think, they keep going. I think, yeah, going. Shut up, intern. I think Terminator 2 like showed everybody because everybody saw that movie. So all the people that used to put their keys up in the visor was like, oh, fuck. Well, there goes that. I'm not going to do that. Like, oh, the secret's exposed. <laughs> I keep, <laughs> keep my keys up there when I have my 10 disc <laughs> holder stuck to my visor. 
I did have a problem with Mama in regards to the fact that, yeah, some people she would kill, like the doctor in that in the cabin. She's like, you're dead. Some people she wouldn't kill. Maybe the thing is, I know she made a promise for one character, maybe not to kill her. But yeah, some it's the child that didn't. stops her each time. Victoria, right? What's the connection to the moths and butterflies? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here, yeah. We, we figured this out upon second viewing. Um, when Mama originally, in her backstory, jumps off of the cliff with her baby in tow, uh, her baby gets stuck on that stick and dries out in the sun in that little pouch. But Mama's body falls in the water and floats and then becomes an infested hive for moths that break out of her skin when they transfer from their pupa state to their moth state sexy so they actually break out of her they use her body as a cocoon she's a wonderful host then she's a a hostess comes life exactly yeah but she kills dr dreyfus by freaking him out and then breaking his neck uh she kills great aunt Jean. jean great aunt jean who comes by she starts she comes by and does that little scene where she interrogates uh chastain or annabelle about abusing the kids. Yeah. Right? She comes off kind of slimy. And when we see her again, she is the sexiest person on this show. The sexiest? What? Intern? Explain that yourself. This is just, was just fantastic. Yeah, he got kind of excited it was just after the transformation. So, so nice. Happened. I think Mama started using the body. Oh, it, yeah. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. And and her face turned all like lopsided, like hunchback face. Yeah. This like oh, this yeah. like little smirk appeared on the intern's face and he started cracking jokes about it and he was pretty much the only one that thought it was funny. Oh so good. <laughs> <laughs> so Nobody disgusting. Else? Nobody else? Yeah, yeah not, it was disgusting. Not attractive. Uh Girl. no, I I did like the way that Yeah, 'cause because Mama just kills the doctor, but she sort of possesses the great aunt for a little bit but when she's done possessing the great aunt she just leaves her husk there like frozen in position and once they touch her body it just like crumples to the floor i like that disturbing little ragdoll moment and in that same uh time space that's when annabelle chastain has figured everything out yes so she knows that mama's real that mama exists and what's going on but do you know why she gets this inside information all of a sudden? Oh, because she stole everything from Dr. Dreyfus's office. That as well. But she also gets like half possessed by Mama. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mama like crawls on top of her in the hallway and bites her on the same place on Chastain's back where she had moths infected in her back. And she bleeds a little like ghost gene cellular memory into Annabelle. Hey, where are all the rules for all of this shit? This movie goes off the rails with all this, like, nonsense. It does. I'm sorry, but this whole positive on this movie, like, it, ugh. We're not I, there yet, Nathan. I gotta you, refer. You're right, Nathan. This is a zero. No, well, it's not a zero. It's reaching. We're not there yet. It's plus like, three? No. <laughs> minus seven. That long-fingered hand is just reaching towards zero. Yo, yo. Biggest question. Dr. Dreyfus, who's already dead. We've already established that. Why? Okay, he went out there with, and he is talking to Mama. He's, like, trying to, like, pull her out of the walls. And he's like, 
I know what you want. I have what you want. But he didn't bring the dead baby. He didn't. He didn't bring the dead baby with him, and he had it. He knew what what she was looking for, why she was still hanging around, and he left it at the office. What are we Such a cock tease. It's all crap anyway. She doesn't want the baby. No, she's, she's doing a, she's doing what a ghost does, which is she has unresolved business, so she's reliving the same like groundhog day loop over and over again. Here's what eventually happens. There's a bunch of scares, a bunch of great scenes intermingled with a bunch of slog through exposition. Um eventually eventually mama is gonna come and take the kids. Yeah. She grabs them up. They think that she's gonna go back to the cabin with them. So Chastain and through a completely different path, Lucas both come to the cabin looking for the girls, but it's too late because Mama has taken both the girls to the top of the cliff of which she died originally, and so they have to go up there to try and save the girls. And it's this it's this part of the movie that I think the 50-50 comes out, right? This is where the 50-50 split happens. And let mind you, Lucas manages to get to this location having only seen a dream where his brother points left. Yeah, <laughs> he has you- no other basis in fact or reality as oh. to where this location is. He doesn't know who Mama is. He has no... no doesn't he, he doesn't he know anything about her. Bridge. He found the bridge. His brother <laughs> pointed left. He started walking. He found Captain in the woods. It makes perfect sense. I don't know what the problem is. This is obviously a plus three. <laughs> I might, it might, I might be drinking. No, I definitely <laughs> am drinking. But I thought there was a moment where he's looking through the hunters, like he's looking through his maps oh, and pictures, maybe. and then he sees that bridge uh, overpassing okay. where his brother was hanging out. I thought, did this, I make that up in my head? This is why you're here, Velvet. <laughs> this is it. You're is right. It? You're right. <laughs> you're totally right. One moment where I'm like, I remember something through my drunken haze. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But it all leads towards the ghost deciding that the skeletal remains of the baby are not actually what's going to resolve her unrest. Right. She needs new flesh. That's the interesting part because the mama. It's not interesting. It's not. It's not. It's not lining up with any of her motivation up to this point. It's. It's because. It's because Mama in her ghost arc story arc. She no longer needs this. In a regular ghost story world, all she wanted was her her dead baby's bones back. But she spent the last five years taking care of new children. She's used to these children. She wants those children. So she gets momentarily hypnotized when Chastain goes, Hey, why don't you leave these two girls alone and take your own baby's bones back? And Mama does for a second consider it. But then she gets pissed off. She doesn't want her old baby bones, and she flings them off the side of the cliff. She wants both of these girls, and she's going to fight for it. If she can kill as efficiently as she has shown with the doctor death, then why does this ghost wait? Like, it gives a shit about these other people. She does. Wipe out whoever you need to. Take the children. Like what, what What is the need for this hour and 40 minutes drawing out things just take what you want and go you're a powerful I think entity. she kind of wanted to keep the kids happy a little bit like yeah she's not true and through evil that's what makes her interesting as a character victoria did, didn't want her to kill chastain or lannister too did and anyone else at this point just really want to get like a child skeleton to like hang up on your wall only you my only friend you. <laughs> to do what 
Just to have there. In case you had a ghost try to haunt you? No, I thought that, you know, the child skeleton was cute and you could just have it up. It's a conversation starter, like an <laughs> art piece. Yeah, like an art out. piece. As like a checklist? Like, <laughs> I've accumulated 107 of these 206 bones. Stay on target. <laughs> you veered off that, off the Death Star attack there. Let's stop talking about child skulls on people's walls. Yeah. Okay. No, the 50-50 is here because we've only seen Mama blurry or in short bursts up until now. And now we get her full frontal. She's floating around. We see, we see her being emotional. They're giving her like emotional scenes where she's making choices between this or that. Here is where most people leave this movie because they don't want to put up with this bullshit. I'm actually weirdly intrigued and extra in on Mama at this part of the movie. Her I, face and hands are good and everything else is annoying. I like the way she looks. Um, some of the wavy computer graphics is kind of distracting, but it kind of plays into the ethereal spiritual realm in which she exists, which is sort of like underwater. Sure, why not? I'll buy in. Yeah, but, she did end up in the river, right? Or that lake. So her hair looking like it's underwater kind of makes sense that she kind of drowned to death. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yes. that's what they yeah, that's what they were going for. And extra interesting in this movie is that she's tossing everybody around. She fucks she puts she knocks a Lannister two unconscious <laughs> again. So he's useless again. Well, that's because Nathan pointed out, he was like, uh, Jessica Chastain, you've got top billing here. So when we got rid of him the first time with the banister trick and then now it's like you're the mom, you're the woman who doesn't want to be a mom and take care of kids. Now you got to take care of kids. Hey, guess what? We got to get rid of them a second time. A second so time, exactly. It kind of speaks to uh, weakness in the writing. If you have to make reasons to eliminate a character from the action, you're trying to minimize the amount of involvement that the characters have to deal with by isolating Annabelle Justine. Justine, yeah. is that you just from, said it. You just said it. It's catching on. It, it was unnecessary. He could have stayed in a coma this whole time, and it wouldn't have mattered at all. Which is interesting because he was the guy who was trying to find them. He's their uncle, but it came became more of a story between Mama and Jess and Annabelle because because she's also Mama. It's the it's the well, it's you. the dynamic. It's the desperately obsessed Mama versus the reluctant Mama. Well, girl fights are just better. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, that's why I always say I pick fights with girls because I settled it by mud wrestling and we're both wearing bikinis and I'm hoping they'll come off. Yeah. But that's not important right now. No, here's where the movie diverges again from other movies of its likeness, which is that in any other situation, this would have gone two ways. It either would have gone crazy super twist, like it ends up that Chastain is like a sister of the original mama through some like long lineage of bullshit, or Scooby-Doo ending. The ghost is dispersed and everyone goes away happy. Jamie too wakes up. They get married. They adopt both the girls. They go live in the country somewhere. But this movie doesn't do that. One of these two girls is going to die. Yeah. She's dead. The little one is dead yeah. at the end of this. Lily dies with mama. She's a butterfly. Well, and it's the she best because she, she was awful. I mean... Even in her, like, moment of bonding with Jessica Chastain, like, oh, you can make my hands warm? Mama could never do that. This right. is so great. Even in that, like, she still was a wretched child. So it's, 
for everybody's benefit that she's just gone. Yeah. What a blessing. Silver lining. So dark. It is dark because Mama wants to take both daughters off the cliff with her. But she sees Chastain fighting for Victoria. She knows Victoria is only half in anyway. She's like, fine, fuck it. You keep her. I will take Lily. And we will both plunge to our death and submerge in the cold lake below. And that's what they do. Was anyone else waiting for the tug of war to happen? Yeah, Yeah, it was. You refer to that great scene where there's this tug of war happening with Mama on our in in one room, and then it shows us that the other kid is not involved, um, or 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 what have you. That long drawn out, staged, overdone, great scene. Um, at the end, when Chastain grabs, like they they kind of preview it, or or uh, well, yeah, the the robe uh, tug scene is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. The, well, they they do a robe tug scene before. To forecast it or foreshadow it. Yep. At the very end on the cliff, she does it again. And I, I don't know. I was kind of expecting like a, a back and forth tugging fight. Yeah. Instead, the ghost is like, here, you take her then. That's fine. I just need this one. And I that- hate to add to the more stereotypical view of Canadians. But while we were watching this movie, these two started checking hockey scores. And I was trying to bring them back to the movie. Thank you, Brian. I do what I can for the part. I was like, we're getting towards the end. There's kind of a twist with what you think is going to happen. Just like you were saying, the mom with the bones of her dead daughter. You think, okay, game over. They're going to go live happy family, you know, ending. And then Lily is kind of like, hey, I don't really want to stay with a rocker chick. Yeah. Kind of want to go with you, mama. And then mama's like, oh, wait a second. I have no idea what he's talking about (laughs) with checking hockey scores. Both of you were on your phones, you're like talking about who's how many points, who had Dave's game. I was like, "There's a movie on kids." And I hate to say it, kids. Daniel, that getting to the point where I was like, I can kind of gauge their enjoyment of this movie or how much they're interested in it by the fact that they weren't really even kind. You know, they were paying attention, but it just didn't grab them. And but the ending definitely was different. I thought of how it played out. Yes, this is not your average way to end a horror movie. And again, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Intern won't back me up either. I'm on my own. I made that whole thing up in my head. No, we know. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we know, know that, that neither one of them happens. take movies as seriously as either one of us. Yeah, we know a trust, that. A trust issue has surfaced with uh, Velvet Steel this evening. <laughs> the love, uh, but love I, I fully deny and decline uh, anything. That- that's fine. My next Bird movie, I'm going to watch like the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes. Now, that's good enough, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> For real, though. Oh, I think uh, we ended up rewinding every single time we ended up getting off topic. We would every go back single to time. Yeah, we would go back to yeah, it. For guys, sure. you don't have to do that. We, we, we can shush film. movies separately from this show. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we've ended the film, right? Yeah, that's it. They fall. They plunge. They hit that branch that they hit the first time through. Instead of plunging into the lake, this time they burst into a bunch of moths. Mm-hmm. Moths. There it is. Moths that branch take that much abuse. Right, it's a sturdy branch. It's got good roots. They don't make them like they used to. Okay, I know, but that she hit that thing in 1870. (laughs) Yeah, and it's still there. It's It's had a hundred years to grow strong. He said said they're going to hit the branch again, and I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) It's gone. In 1870, they knocked that fucker loose. No, the first time they bent it, this time they broke it. (laughs) I'm like, oh shit, it's still there. That guy's harder than Bruce Willis, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's All it. Right. And and then again, 
to this movie's credit, there's no one year later set up for a sequel. Well, no, because any of that. The one year later is how the fuck do we explain all of these deaths to the police? Yeah. (laughs) Aunt Jean is dead. I think we established with the fact that they couldn't find them for five years. I don't even think search for them. The police, I don't even think are there. Right. Jaded brother and rocker chick that didn't want kids end up throwing little girl off cliff. Got it. (laughs) That's fine. You know, like if you don't talk about it, we won't bring it up either. Well, his twin brother killed a lot of people. I can see it. Yeah. But yeah, the police are just like they're like the the cop from fucking The Simpsons. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. Holy shit! Annabelle was her name. She was a punk rocker. Oh, she had a terrible haircut. She was in here trying to sing some song and dance about a ghost. I don't know. Her boyfriend's twin is a murderer. They're fucked. <laughs> what do you want? That's what they're singing that song over and over again. Mama. But th- 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 that's the part that I hate in horror movies is that they usually can't find a good way to end a horror movie. So they kind of half ass it. Then they bring it around to some like loopy epilogue thing that sets up a sequel here. They're just OK. The climax has happened. Just end it. And they do. The mods fly everywhere. It shows them huddled together, crying on top of the cliff. It's like a new family, quote unquote, and credits. We're out of here. Done. Thank God. Thank God. We nailed it, y'all. Nailed it. Not the greatest, but does a lot of things uh, contrary to its contemporaries. So, now that everything is over, uh, let's give our official ratings. Um, Let's split you and I up, Amanda, so that we can bookend this on a good note. Okay. Uh, Amanda, your rating. Okay. Um, I want to go through the... um, the evolution of my rating, if you will. Okay. I saw this movie in the theater, like Velvet. Um, I was excited about it at the time. That was, what, a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. Um, and I remember really liking it when I saw it in the theater. So I would guess theater rating was a two. I think I was like, I had some really good scares in there, and I was like, okay with everything that happened. Then I watched it again today with Daniel and I was like I think it's just a one I think it's a one it's like a a middling one and then we watched it again and I was like it's a weak one it's a weak one and then I walked everybody through my thoughts and feelings tonight on the podcast and I was like there are so many flaws in this movie that I think it might have tipped to a negative scale and now I gotta go strong negative one negative one it's so bad that it went to the other side but i enjoyed it negative one wow fascinating tale i was not privy to any of that until just now (laughs) negative one okay um good thing you're you're bookending this on a positive note it is it's a positive still to me it is no either side of zero is still like you're still saying it's worth something uh nathan quite the journey um this is my opinion has not changed. This is a weak positive one. I am giving it a positive one because the elements are there. The cinematography, the directing, the writing, the acting is not ultimately hokey. Uh, some of the things they're trying to do, as mentioned before, are hokey. but And there's, there is a clash of the two worlds. But it is based in a foundation of positive 
uh, cinematography, directing, writing, and acting. Um, it, it, it is, though, reaching with its tentacled, gross, uh, what was it? Was it Marfin hand? <laughs> the Marfin hand is reaching towards zero and is touching it. That's how weak of a positive one this is. Kissing it. Ready to scare it over the banister. Yeah, but I'm giving you I'm giving you the one, Daniel, because I know that if I actually said zero, there would be a bunch of sighs and a bunch of bullshit. So it's also to kind of avoid that. That's not fair. I'd be more okay with you giving this a zero than the previous movie we did a zero. Okay, zero. No, fuck you. (laughs) 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 Don't base it on your fear of me, although I do appreciate you would say something. Um, Intern. I... Am less critical to this than Nathan. It uh, it definitely had its moments. There was uh, four or five moments that I really enjoyed in this. I do enjoy the Morphin hands a lot, a lot. Uh, but this is definitely a one. And the reason that I wouldn't put it on a negative scale is because it's not hokey enough by any means. And they do accomplish uh, quite a few things. It might not be that good in the end when it really isn't that good. But uh, it's not unnecessary. So it is a plus one. Plus one. Andrew, I can respect that. Velvet. I also, throughout the night, I went through fluctuations. Going back <laughs> yeah. into the increments. I was like, oh, I wish there was in-betweens. But then Andrew told me there was high and low ones. <laughs> Realized I was like, oh, so ones can fluctuate. Okay. You yes. can describe your rating. It's a strong or a weak one. <laughs> Just like Amanda, honestly, I went to go see it in the theater. I was excited. Guillermo del Toro, the cast, all that good stuff. You're right. I mean, they had a lot of, I mean, the budget must have been decent enough to pull off the images like on screen. They, the 20 production is great. Sorry? 20 million. Yeah, right. Like I, we thought, I thought it was fifteen, but twenty. Yeah, so they, I think they pulled off a really good-looking movie. Like the what you see on screen is great. There were a couple scenes that I thought were great. Uh, the one you're talking about, like in the hallway with the two kids, and then also the one where they're cooking. The kids are downstairs cooking, and she's upstairs. And little did she know that my mama was actually in the room the whole time. She thought it was one of the kids. That, oh yeah, that's right. That yeah, where she's one. huddled in the corner. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, that's another good quality moment, and. uh I just like everybody else said, when you see the villain, it's not as scary as when you couldn't really see the villain. And then after you see it, it's kind of like, okay, now I'm not so scared. But, uh, and I kind of wish, and I didn't know that they had so much, um, that it wasn't as much CGI as I thought. Like if that was actually an actor that you mentioned, I kind of, and then now that I know that and I can, we were watching it, I can see it a little bit more. So I actually liked it. More than I thought. I'm going to go. I was teetering on zero, but I'm going with a solid plus one. Solid plus one. I don't know what it is, Velvet, whether it's your voice or whether it's your logic, but uh, you know what? There was too many scenes that were well executed to give it an unnecessary rating. So I, I have to take my jokey zero back and just land firmly on, on one. Land firmly on positive one. And you're right. Because positive one is where you should land on this. Although, to be fair, I can understand an argument for negative one. There is some. There's so many flaws. If you wanted to remove the very well executed 
rarely actually creepy and or intense scenes from this movie, you would be left with a lot of psychology investigation scenes, a lot of shitty actors coming together for convoluted exposition. Archiving. A lot of archiving? Yes. You can archivist for them. You can re-edit this into a strong negative two, probably. So if you find a negative one in there somehow, I can understand that. But this is a plus one. You really want to... You, you're, at least for me, I found myself wanting to go to plus two. Not because it's a great movie. It's not. It's got all the negative things that we've been talking about the entire time. Throughout. But they're definitely trying something. They're taking the other direction in a lot of opportunities where they could have gone the normal tropey route. And where when it stops, when Mama stops being scary, which is when she becomes more visible, normally you check out. In this case, Mama is interesting enough that when she stops becoming scary, she becomes interesting or at the very least sympathetic. So when you get to see Mama in her full glory, floating around, staring at things with her creepy limbs, it's less about being scared of Mama and more about just this tragic story of this woman that you know that has to die. And what a bonus that she takes one of the kids with her. What a shock. Not a plus two. You want it to be. It's just not there. But I see where Del Toro saw something. So it's definitely a plus one. Should we, uh, should we spin the wheel? I want to spin the wheel. I think we spin the wheel. Yeah, do it. This was our original property. That means next time. category is sequels and remakes. I have landed on sequels. How lucky are you to see not one or two, but Leprechaun 3. <laughs> oh boy. Christmas came early. Uh, Finally. You don't even like this movie. Ah, you don't. <laughs> hey, Amanda, Leprechaun is dancing around like an idiot in minus world. So. Yeah, I mean, fucking Monty. Fucking Monty. <laughs> minus and I'll be honest, like what is different and this is where I'm going to prove my uh, unnecessary rating for Bride of Reanimator. Leprechaun 1 and Leprechaun 2 were very different and did very different things and were both executed in a very hokey, silly way. And number two actually felt kind of almost uh, fresher from a <laughs> strange standpoint. It just was, it took it to another level, you know? And Reanimator failed to reach, like Bride of Reanimator failed to reach Reanimator's level and failed to do anything new that was really noteworthy. Like you wanted it, it to go Leprechaun negative? Well, the stuff that Bride of Reanimator tried to do didn't really have an impact. Yeah. And Leprechaun 2, the stuff that it did was 
very entertaining and uh yeah i kind of that's the only other episode of 100 lunatics that i've been was lep 2 i'm i'm afraid of lep 3 fucking it up (laughs) but i know that we have to watch lep 3 to get to him going to space yes yes i really hope we get to watch all of them so you two have to watch leprechaun origins because that movie is a piece of shit and i can't wait to rip it apart (laughs) yes so nathan's waiting on leprechaun 4 Andrew's waiting on Leprechaun Origins, the remake or the reboot. I think there's nothing wrong with Daniel having a chat with Wilter and just, you know, saying when we get to a certain point, maybe just don't land on on Leprechaun anymore because (laughs) we've done it. We've done enough. (laughs) Yeah, Leprechaun Origins is completely unnecessary. We all know we're going to give it zeros. So what's what's the point? It's only to satisfy the interns need. To make what? us watch the you terrible might, things. You might think it's a minus two. What are you talking about? No, no, no. You never know unless you watch it. <laughs> yeah. I, this, is I, the tone, I, this is the tone of his voice. <laughs> Say, please, don't let me be the only one. Come no, on. I've seen them all, but I can't really remember much about Leprechaun 3. I know it takes place in Vegas, so the Leprechaun will be in a, a well-to-do stomping ground. Isn't He'll be that, placing some isn't bets. Lep 3 when... Take it over. No, that's lap five. Okay. <laughs> there's yeah. a fifth one. Yeah. Oh, no, there's six. <laughs> there's six. The second time six. they go back to the hood. There's a spidey yeah, right there's, there. There's Leprechaun five in the hood, and then Leprechaun six back to the hood. <laughs> this and is priceless. Then we get the remake, which is Origins. Turn. Don't worry about Origin. It'll. It's it's a long way away. It's quite a ways away. Yeah. It's sad. But Leprechaun 3, we will continue. Who knew what the sequel or remake was going to be? Thank God we get to go back to a familiar franchise. Lovable. Um, and on Bride of Chucky or, or Chuck, <gasps> Child's Play. We have to hit Child's Play as an original first. Yeah, and oh, but- you'll be blessed when you do because those are the best. The absolute best. <laughs> That's why, honestly, like I don't know how much Daniel controls Wilter or the wheel. I really don't. I think... Somehow, both of them are saving child's play for me. Can you tell Wilter to land on the thing? I mean, I've been waiting to watch the thing for a long time. The thing will come up eventually. I mean, it's on there. It's got it's got multiple spaces on the wheel. Amanda, you just need to put a little extra blood in there. Yeah. Mm. Wilter needs a little love, some blood love. Flirt <laughs> it up love. a little bit with him. Who knows? Is that is that how it's going to be when we're in Canada? Compliment the intern Wilt- outside the door, like we're a little, little more, a little more what? blood love. You keep waking up with the intern standing over you with a needle. Oh God! I've actually got uh, some diabetic blood testing machine. Right. <laughs> I'm so have, scared. You have machines? Yeah, yeah. Andrew gets in like an iron lung every day. <laughs> <laughs> have Brian. you stopped recording? Brian. Yes, sir. Brian. Velvet Steel. Steel. Uh, Thank you for joining us tonight. Anytime. Uh, It's been a pleasure. We welcome you back. Open invitation. Uh, Fan favorite intern, Nathan, Amanda, thank you for enjoying Mama with me. To some degree, glad to see no zeros here tonight. For the rest of you, 100lunatics.com. Visit us there. Uh, Check out other episodes of the show. Uh, check out some old shush and some nushush, some nushush, coming your way real soon. Some good classic Nick Cage. Um, 
check out our sister site, trailerparkpodcast.com. Uh, you can visit us at 100 Lunatics or visit the horror hater at I Hate Horror or at tparkpodcast.com. Visit the intern at the intern TPP. Velvet, any social media presence? I still remain off the grid. Off the grid. You can only hear him here exclusively. May I suggest at Velvet Steel? I'll take it under consideration. Ooh, at Velvet Steel. Hashtag two lander. Amanda. Don't follow me. I don't like people. (laughs) Well said. Amanda, will you be this episode's mama? Yes. Thank you, everyone. Until next time, Leprechaun 3. Mama. 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 I like Andrew. (laughs) I have another story for you. You feel pity for him. Come on. No, I like him. (laughs) And now the truth comes out. (laughs) That's what all the girls feel.